Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. This is Daniel Ricardo, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. I just thought I'd draw that out, Rob. Yes! Is that, is that it? That's it. That's all I can find. Uh, yes, it is 365 Days of Sport, the greatest sports radio show on the planet. And yes, we are celebrating... I don't know. Do we call it a birthday? Well, I, I Kind of. Well, I, well, couldn't you have had some sort of... They've just, he's just brought up his 150 or something like that? Some oh, sort of commentary? Oh, yeah. You didn't think of that? I or, did, or a dart score or something? Just, that was just some generic call. applause and <laughs> it cheering. Was generic applause. That yeah. was uh, that was from their stock stock footage, <laughs> <laughs> straight out of uh, sound effects. Yeah, it was um, royalty off the, free, uh, off rip, the, ripped yeah, off YouTube. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People probably have no idea what we're talking about. This is our 150th show. Is it, it is the 150th show. I put a bit of cool in the gang for you oh, underneath. Oh, oh, now, now it's is that good. all right? Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh God, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, it's better than nothing, Rob. That's that. No, I, I'm not sure about that. I, I <laughs> celebrate good times. Celebrate good times, Rob. Oh, celebrate well, we're good not times. doing this. You're like the DJ that plays closing time when the bar finishes. Swept closing time. What's, what's wrong with that? You should go at the cricket. I bet you should play. And then when the game's getting tight, you'll play Under Pressure by Queen. Another one bites or, the dust or, when it's a wicket. Or, or when something. Uh, yeah, another yeah, one bites yeah. dust when it's a wicket. Or yeah. always they walk out the bat. We will rock you or something like that. You're and talking, then when they win, we are the champions. You're talking yeah, my language, right? That's, talking that's, my language. Oh, God. Your, probably, your favourite band is Chumbawamba. Oh, how good's that? You get no, knocked down. Terrible. Do you know when I was at university uh, in Sheffield, my last year, because Chumbawamba was uh, 1995. Yeah. My last year at university, you could buy in the student union a pint of Chumbawamba. And it was like half a pint of lager, half a pint of cider, yeah. with a shot of whiskey and a shot of vodka in. You want to know what? what? I think you've told me that before. I probably have. <laughs> it used to cost a quid as well. I'm sure it was a quiz. Who would have thought we'd be repeating stories after 150 shows? Uh, after 150 shows. No yes, way. but we're celebrating. Call on the gangster, Rob. Yeah. Oh, God. It's up to you. Could you not have done What's better than, than this? Oh, come on, Call we're on, on limited resources. You could have been like... Limited resources something, here. You could have been something more upbeat than... The, not upbeat, but something... This is upbeat. This is calling the gang, Rob. Something that's not just lame, like token celebrate good times. <sighs> okay. Well, if you think of something, Rob, we'll play it. Yeah, yeah, I'll think of something. Yeah, that's all we can do. Anyway, it is our 150th show. We were due a uh, special appearance by a friend of the show, Tati Goldsmith, but she's in LA. Los Angeles. She does send her love to you. Good. Pass it's just it on. me. Yeah, I've, come on. Did she even say Rob? Yeah, she said, how's Rob doing? Is he still playing bass? Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, yeah, she's loving oh, life. Yeah, uh, But she did pass on her regards to uh, both of us, actually. You yeah. tell her I'm actually writing songs now. I've re- I'm playing guitar, I'm singing. She said she's hope, hope you're not using Garage Band, she said. No, no, I'm not using Garage <laughs> Band. I'm using Reaper, actually. Wow. Um, it's sounding phenomenal. You look oh, out. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm going to be a 40-year-old rock star. Just you wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, so we're going to catch up with a few people, but none of the big stars that we anticipated that right. were going to be part of the show, unfortunately. Well, well do, do the people that you're talking about know that you've said that they're not No, I'm just going to ring them. Oh, is it Gavin? <laughs> it could well be Gavin. Oh, not Gavin. We're going to catch up with uh, Jamie Weech, I think. Good, good. Uh, that's probably about it. First time? Okay, that's it. Yeah, first time. Gavin and Jamie Weech. Gavin and Jamie Weech. Are we actually going to call Gavin? Really? Well... 
Yeah, he might be listening. <laughs> he might well be listening. So uh, let's hope so. He's in Adelaide. He's doing the Adelaide comedy. Oh, he festival. is too. Good on him. He is too. He's tearing I've, seen, up. I've seen the pictures. I see. He's a busy, busy bee. Well, um, hey, I tell you who else is tearing it up. Who else is your tearing mate up, Michael Clark? Oh, hasn't he? He's, he's bagging out the Chapel Hadley, saying it's a token waste of time. Yeah. Right. Hasn't he hit the ground running in the media? Oh, God. There has never been so much backlash to a media appointment than him <laughs> getting a breakfast radio gig in Sydney. Is that what he's doing? Yeah, he's... he's. Um, I can't remember what station he's got, but yeah. he's got some sports breakfast gig. Yeah. And as soon as he got announced, I jumped on the Twitter feed, and oh, my word. Yeah. It was... Hell- oh, I loved it. In fact, I contributed most of it. I think um, I saw something about uh, uh, if, you, oh, if you want to get people to go to the game, just make sure Michael Clark commentates because then people <laughs> want to get away from the TV as fast as yeah. they can or something like oh, that. Oh, the backlash of his appointment because he's Ruthless. obviously paid his way to get in there because mm. nobody else would have him. Um, but clearly, he is not a liked man and now he's mm. done this. And oh, I was reading New Zealand papers the other day and they oh, were going, they, they would be an uproar. They were savage yeah, yeah. about Michael Clark's comments. Which so I anyway, well, hilarious. that's on Friday. I think it was a program he rained off. Where is it? Sydney, Friday and Sunday. Two in a row at the SCG. Oh, okay. And then Hobart. Hobart? Yeah. And apparently they're all fuming because it's like a hundred bucks for a family pass to go see the game. So they're none of them can afford to and it's on like a Tuesday or something. Oh. So they've they've made a bit of a mess of it, really. It's just they've just started to sneak it in at the end of the season, obviously. Well, don't then Australia go to New Zealand for? Isn't it back to back? Isn't Mm. it three in Australia and three straight back to New Zealand? No, 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 no. There's only ever three three games for Chapel Hadley. Yeah, I thought it were back to back. I thought I read somewhere. We're playing them again later in the year. Oh, is it later in the year? I thought it was straight away. Okay, Mm -hmm. all right, fair enough. So there's that's going on, but of course, who could, uh, the, he was there on. He was the man uh, Johnny on the spot for the women's cricket final. Who Michael was Clark? Michael Clark? Was he? You didn't watch the women's final? Do you know what? In the whole tournament, I reckon I saw five overs. Okay. When yep. I saw the Pakistani girl bowl it twice as high as any player, <laughs> I decided no, I've had enough. <laughs> she was tossing it up twelve foot in the air. I did see. Um, Someone get a wicket with a double bouncer. Oh no! That was uh, I think it was actually India v Australia. Well, in the final? No, in, oh, the, okay. in the first time they played, it bounced twice and went through the legs, bolt. Oh no, that's a cracker. Yeah, <laughs> I, it just look. I've got nothing against women's cricket. I think it's great what the uh, what the girls do and they're out there playing for their countries. But as, a, as an entertainment spectacle, it's <laughs> not it's not flicking, it's, it's not, not turning the switch on. No, for you. it's not. Can't do it. I don't mind. I, I quite like watching it. I, I mean, if you had told me that ever in the history of women's cricket you would get a crowd of eighty six thousand oh, exactly. to, to watch any game, yeah, yeah. I thought you're having an app. And not laugh. just that, paid. They paid. They bought tickets. Yeah. So it wasn't free to get in. No, People no, no. actually paid. So that's yeah, it's fantastic. Did you know half the AFL women's games are free? All of the AFL women's games. All are of them are free. All of them are free. Yeah. See, that's crazy because people would pay for that. Would they? They pay. T- you pay ten. I'd, I, w- I would expect to be paying to go to watch mm. ten bucks. Yeah, no, they're all free. And Some of the grounds. Be- well, Collingwood play at the uh, Victoria Park. You can just walk in. Yeah. Well, I think the grounds do all right out of food in that. It, well, I think but, that's. But the I, point. I, I'm sure they've they've made a mistake there. People would be expecting to pay five, ten bucks to go watch a game of footy. Mm. You go, you pay it to watch, you know, some crummy band at two in the morning at Yaya's. You probably would, depending like, on the band. Probably be me on stage <laughs> yeah. by yourself. That's not worth five bucks. The solo. <laughs> 
the Briar's effort. Don't you worry, it's coming. Don't you worry. Are you building a band, Rob, or is it just you? Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do solo and with Shh, the band. Yeah. Watch out, Melbourne. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm what what genre away. is this going to be? Pearl Jam esque? Nah, it's just a smashing rock band. Just smashing rock band. Levon's yeah. Crown style again. Uh yeah, but I'm writing the songs instead of my brother. Yeah, well, we all know about Matt, don't we? What? Just lost the plot, didn't he, <laughs> late on? Can't wait. So, what, so why'd you go to Brisbane? Just catch up the olds? Uh, yeah, I actually yeah. had a bit of work with the old man. Okay. Paid work. Oh. oh actually, no, not paid. Voluntary work. <laughs> Just in case the AFSA are watching or the tax office. Uh, yeah. Or my ex-wife. Um, and then, obviously, we had the Mustard Plug tour kicked off on Thursday night up in Brisbane of course so it was up yeah. there so it was a meeting of the minds it yeah. all came into one perfect storm yeah. did you ever chat to them on your Scar show yeah yeah we did that yeah yeah yeah, yeah great night up in Brisbane was Fantastic. it in the Fortitude Valley it was in Fortitude Valley in the church Which, there the ch- oh, was it's that down in, the bottom uh, it's in the middle it used to be called the Bright Side it's now called the Crowbar oh the church I've played there yeah it's fantastic yeah yeah you go upstairs great venue okay. uh, not really it's kind of in just straight in oh yeah but uh, great sound yeah. Loved it. Good. But the Mustard Plug boys, they enjoyed it. How's this, though? They fly in late Wednesday night, late, late Wednesday night, mm. gig Thursday night. They're up on a six for a 6 a.m. flight to fly to Sydney, play Sydney Friday night, up on a 6 a.m. flight to go to Adelaide, play Adelaide, come across, and they did Melbourne uh, Saturday night, uh, Sunday night, sorry, and then they play an all-ages gig Sunday afternoon, and then they've flown back today. Jeez. So well they've worked. done five gigs in five days. Yeah. And had about four hours sleep. <laughs> oh, the six, six a.m. flight. That's just tough. to save a bit of coin. The promoter basically bought a ticket which went Detroit back to Detroit with all the legs. So they didn't have a choice. Right, okay. Qantas did that. Yeah, um, little package. Yeah, but uh, no, it was good fun. Lo- must have plugged a very entertaining band. That's awful. That's terrible flight yeah. times. They enjoyed it, though. Good. They loved, they loved their time here. They, they, did they appreciate the beefy being there? Oh, they loved it. They that loved a bit good. of beef. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now, is there any further fallout, no pun intended, from yeah. the uh, penny farthing crash disaster, uh, apart from the fact you're still just in a bit of pain? I'm in huge amounts of pain still. Where where in particular? It's uh, I've torn the ligaments across the top of my shoulder. Did we know that before? I don't think so. They were just a bit sore before, but yeah. now it's uh, it's confirmed that I've done serious damage. Disaster. So that's yeah. probably what was making you throw up. Um, <laughs> I think the uh, the dodgy painkillers were making me throw up. But, okay. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Did they reattach No, no. no. T- ligaments they just reheal. It's really proved a bit of a uh, disaster. That well, day. things happen like this, Rob. You take it in your stride. <laughs> I've got a Cricket World Cup to think about in November as well now, so uh, I've got to look oh, after myself. Oh, yeah. Have you even, even tried to play cricket then? If you... Yeah, I have played badly. Yeah. I can't even get the right arm over. Can't bowl. No. So, um, yes. No, broken luckily, shoulders will not be good for Luckily, bowling. the season has finished mm-hmm. on the weekend, uh, so I do have a few months off now to get right. Yeah. Just yeah. got invited on a tour of North Queensland today as well. Lots of country areas to play in August. Well, that's going to be exciting. Mm, you'll be feel like you'll be like you're Australian, Australian mate. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I've been. Uh, I made the mistake of getting back on the tennis court yesterday. Oh yeah. Because remember, I got my Monday bun- night social my- tennis. No, nah, well, that's all gone. Oh. Just, just it was just a game of tennis with, with friends. Oh. But the you know you know my um, with my. Uh, I told you about my bung knee. Yeah, tendonitis in the knee. The Pat- t- patella tendonitis. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't beat it. Like, I, I've been swimming. I've been getting it slowly, getting it stronger. I just started doing, actually doing a little bit of boxing again. Yeah? Oh, this boxing is quite hilarious. <laughs> Northcote YMCA. 
So why, like, why would boxing it, be hilarious? Because it's full blown beginners, and so I turn up there and I'm an experience. Oh, and one fighter. It, it, it's come back pretty quick, right. and, I, and I'm smashing these pads, <laughs> and it's everyone's just a bit scared. I'm not surprised. <laughs> you're very, you're rangy, Rob, and the amateurs don't can't cope with rangy. That's a good, it's a good power. That left hook, I tell you, it's just it's, it's a great punch. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to nail one on uh, the call and get a brawler. Uh, yeah, we know Mick. What I'm was just name? Uh, bulldog Mick the bulldog. I'm just looking up treatment for patellar tendonitis. Uh, a relatively new treatment is platelet-rich plasma injection, Rob. This wow. uses a concentration of platelets from your own blood to promote healing of the tendon. Two consecutive je- injections are more effective than a single injection. Interesting. Ultrasound-guided dry needling, injections with polydocanol, high-volume ultrasound-guided injections, hypothermia thermotherapy. Mm. Mm. This uses deep tissue heating along with a cooling device on the skin surface to relieve pain. So there are a few options there for you, Rob. Okay, thanks for that, beef man. Yeah. But that means I have to go to the doctor. Right. Yeah. What but, were you but planning it sound, to do? It sounded like fancy, like pretty fancy medicine. Mm. Will, will the public system cover that? Probably, if you heard. Yeah, okay. They've got to do it. It's the, they're there to treat the public. Well, that's the. Oh, I'll look into. I've got, I've got fifteen hours worth of personal leave. Trying fifteen hours. Fifteen well, hours. That's I'm a lot. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I can keep track of that. Mm. Brilliant. Um, what's the, what's the news from Wales? Uh, oh, I haven't looked up any news from Wales. Okay. Oh, apart from we lost the rugby Saturday night against England. Oh. 33-30, but we scored away Ooh. on. Yeah, uh, threw it away. But um, the prop, Joe Marlow, have you seen this? No. He, he's he been cited after the match mm. for playing with Alan Wynne-Jones's testicles. For playing with them? Yeah. Or in the in the middle of the game? During the game, during, yeah. During the game. It wasn't during play. No, it wasn't off-field. No, it was on the field. Yeah, yeah. And okay. he was literally just there having a juggle. Just a quick little... And he, uh... he was having a laugh about it. <laughs> and now he's, now he's concerned <laughs> that... Uh, that he's been cited and could get banned for four months. <laughs> Just for a, a bit, Just for a little a, tickle. It's a joke. Yeah. He's having a laugh. <laughs> he was having a laugh. It's probably not the right uh, <laughs> the right image to be... Uh, it wasn't portrayed. like it was a grab and twist. No, he anything. was generally having a ju- little... Uh, I'm going to call it a finger juggle. Right. Bit of a fumble. I mean, it's nowhere near in the ballpark of old Richard Lowe from it, New Zealand. No, but he was in the ballpark. <laughs> the ballpark. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I should play the uh, press conference that, that uh, Alan Wynne-Jones had got asked about it. and right. uh, Quite funny. We can check that out later. But I still... The t- Richard Lowe has done the two worst things I've ever seen on oh, the field. The eye gouge. The eye gouge yeah. on a guy who was in the All Black squad at the time <laughs> with him. Like a guy that he knows. Yeah. Quite well. And should be kind of friends with it, just casually eye gouging it. And the Paul Carrozza flying yes. elbow. Oh, that was, that, horrendous. that was horrendous. And he got away with it. No, you, no penalty. You imagine nothing. nowadays those two things. He'd probably banned for life. But didn't he get a year ban for biting as well? Yeah, he might have some At sort of punishment. Twickenham yeah. or something? What a nutter. Like, he oh, was just he was. Just a, a fairly quiet meathead farm yeah. boy. But they obviously had just a switch that would flick. Oh, the white And he'd go to an insanity mode. Hmm. How's um, how's coronavirus inf- affecting you, Rob? Anything? Nothing for me. Nothing. Uh, and if, I'm not even phased about it. To be honest, so I get it. I'll, I'll just smash it anyway. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've my, got my Wolverine powers. I've got sad news for you, though, about what? coronavirus. What? The 2020 Arctic Winter Games have been cancelled due to the threat of coronavirus. Bollocks. No. Nah. Where are they being held? Uh, Whitehorse in the Yukon. The North- Yukon. Northern Canada. That's where one of those kids was from. He's from the Yukon that I chat to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, the White Horse 2020 Arctic Winter Games have been cancelled due to concerns about the novel... The novel? Novel coronavirus. There was no... There was no scenario, hey? Novel is a strange word, actually. I know, it is a strange word. It makes it sound like it's uh, fun and interesting. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's novel. It's novel coronavirus. (laughs) Uh, There was no scenario, hey, under which we felt it was safe to conduct the Arctic Winter Games, hey? Said emotional (laughs) Dr. Catherine Elliott, Yukon's acting chief medical officer. But with a Canadian accent. I'm making this recommendation out of concern for the health and safety of Yukoners, of all athletes, staff, volunteers, and families. High, the high-profile circumpolar sporting competition, that's what it says there, yeah. the high-profile circumpolar sporting competition, mm. also known as the Eskimo Olympics <laughs> that me and Rob went to in Greenland, <laughs> um, was supposed to run from March 15 in Yukon's capital. About 2,000 athletes from around the world, including Russia, Greenland, Finland, and Norway, as well as Yukon, Nunavut, Nunavik, Northwest Territories, Northern Alberta, and Alaska were supposed to attend. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, Arctic Winter Games. Mm. It's not happening. That's a disaster. I mean, it's, yeah. it's only every four years, isn't it? Uh, I think it's every three, depending on what's three. going on in the world. So it we, we were there 16. We were there 16, so that's Perhaps four it's every ago. two, then. Might be oh, two. might be four. Yeah, you're right. Apparently, they were going to spend $2 million on the games. And they're looking into what ha- what can be recovered and what they've spent so far. So they've actually just cancelled well, it. They've the, postponed it or anything. I'll tell you where they can save some money is get that band back again. Oh. We are the Arctic. They were called Walking with Giants or something? Something about giants, yeah. Yeah, we might play that bit later Standing on. in the face of giants? No. I think it was Walking with Giants. Like, or something like that. Standing in with giants? <laughs> standing with giants. Standing alongside, as opposed to the old fable of Jack and the Beanstalk, where he kills the giants, we should stand alongside yeah. them. Well, in fact, he should. I think I've already talked about this on the show, about the wrongdoings of the poor giant and Jack and the Beanstalk. He's a bad egg, that lad. Jack. Yeah. He's from... a gambling, risk-taking, dodgy yeah. thief. We did talk about this. Rob, it's our 150th show. I bought your present. What? Bought a genuine present. To celebrate 150 shows. What are you... Don't buy me presents. This is... It's called Replay. Capturing 20 years of New Zealand sporting glory. Oh. So there's one photo in here. One. <laughs> it's captured oh, 20 years. No, 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 no. It wasn't. No, it wasn't a gag. This is genuine. Look at that. 40 bucks. What are you doing? That? From Whitcalls. For, from from Whitcalls. Yeah, wherever New they Zealand, are. That's New Zealand. 40 bucks. So oh, it's, now um, I feel bad that you bought me a fully coloured, 210 pages, full colour photos. I'm just going to open one, just see if you remember this. Canterbury's Daniel Carter pokes fun at Wellington's Ma Nonu and his habit of wearing eyeliner. Eyeliner, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. yeah. He did, only did it for a couple of games, but if everyone noticed and said, oh, come, Ooh, on, yeah. come on, big fella. And what about Hamish Carter? He, won the, he, he won the gold medal at the 2004 Athens. Ath- yeah, yeah, Athens. you're going well, Rob. Yeah, and we go first and second. The other guy who came second was, I think an Australian came third, actually. Oh, really? Uh, Bevan Doherty. Yeah, it's him. Yeah, it's all over this. What else? Okay. See, it's, oh, it's awesome, this book, Rob. Yeah. You should treasure this. Okay, well, give me more challenges. I, I reckon. Um, Aucklander, Peter Leach, better known as the Mad Peter Butcher. Leech. Mad Butcher, yeah. He was yeah. from the Auckland Warriors uh, when the Warriors first came out. Yeah, he was one of the go. ambassadors. Yeah. He came and spoke at our school, actually. And he was known as the Mad Butcher because he told the story that he was struggling and struggling away as a butcher, not doing so well. And then someone, someone asked him how much this cost was for the, whatever he was meat was giving them. He goes, oh, I don't know, it's 40 bucks. Or he goes, what? Are you mad? He goes, and I was just fed up, you know, and I just said, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm stark raving mad. I'm a lunatic. I'm a mad, mad butcher. I'm the mad butcher. And this that became that became his thing. He'd go on TV and goes, I'm the mad butcher. <laughs> 
awesome. <laughs> and he went and raved like a lunatic, but yeah. massive rugby league fan. So I, it was a very monumental game in the, the first Auckland Warriors game versus Brisbane Broncos. Right. In 1994, I think, is my best guess. Uh, 95, 95, I think. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. And um, we very nearly won. It was a very close game. Right. I think we lost 20. Two to eighteen or oh, something okay. in the end, but gosh, that was an exciting time for rugby league. Sounds, New Zealand. Yeah, sounds like now it. it's all a bit flat. I think. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm a bit concerned because what? in the uh, history of New Zealand sporting success, yeah, there's two pictures of Rafael Nadal. Okay, not sure what that's about. Did he did he just play at our tournament once? Uh, yeah, an 18 year old Spanish whiz kid came to Auckland in 2004. Whoa. So uh, that's New Zealand sporting success again. I didn't know that. And this is quite apt mm-hmm. today because yep. I've read the announcement. This is a picture of Chris Cairns bowling. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in that. What what colour would you call that, Rob? Uh, teal. Teal. They've... I think they called it Pacific Blue at the oh, time. Oh, nice. Pacific it's blue. kind of a turquoise, but uh, it's kind of teal, yeah. Well, they've just announced they're going back to that colour. Yeah, they're doing it. They're, they had a. Um, they're not going back to it officially. They're oh, doing they? a bit of a retro. The oh, public voted on. on they, they gave a choice of options of which retro New Zealand kit they ah. wear for the series, and that was voted. Okay, I only read the headlines. So, no, I don't read the stories. Right, I don't, I don't think they should go back to that. Um, that so there you go. Kit, so from Photo Sport New Zealand, I had to get it shipped in. Well, uh, I mean, it's that's been checked for. It's is, got to, you've got to take it to fourteen days quarantine. Beefy, I feel honoured. Twenty you years much. of New Zealand sporting glory in pictures, including Rafael Nadal. Oh, there's the uh, twins, the Swindell twins. The rowers. Yep. Hockey. Look at all this. It's great, isn't it? There you go, Rob. Some classics. See, well, well, I'm so always, thoughtful. I'm always thinking of you. So thoughtful. Yeah. You turn up to these radio shows <laughs> with nothing. I turn up with just pure talent, and I get you the Whitcool forty dollar replay book. Well, he's got Buck Shelford there with his... Um, yeah, with his nads hanging out. No, no, that was Wayne... Sh- uh, oh, no, sorry, yeah. Sorry. It, was it was Buck Shelford, Shelford. Yes. Sorry, that's in Zenbrook, because that's where I got mixed yeah, up. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, that's where I got it around the wrong mm. way. Well, thank you, BP. That's all right. No worries at all. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Exploding Hammer Festival leaves 43 injured in Mexico. Can't believe we didn't go to the uh, Exploding Hammer Festival. Hang on. You might need to explain... Dozens of people have been injured in the annual Exploding Hammer Festival in Mexico. The event, which takes place every February, involves people attaching a mix of sulphur and chlorate to the ends of sledgehammers. Then they smash the hammers against rail beams, making the substance explode and send up massive clouds of smoke. Some of the participants are flung backwards with the force. This year, one man hurt his leg in the blast and had to be carried off on a stretcher. Others were less seriously injured, but the total was 43. They got hurt. Uh, the small town of San Juan de la Vega is famous for the festival, which is dedicated to St. John the Baptist. Yeah. St. John. According to legend, the town's namesake, San Juan de la Vega, was victim of a theft from bandits who took his gold. St. John the Baptist helped get it back and became a Mexican Robin Hood. So you Gosh. can tell this happened. A Mexican Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. St. John the Baptist. It's like that Spanish Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, Sinterklaas. Uh, this year, over 6,000 people attended the festival, including spectators. What a story. What a what a statement that is. 6,000. People attended the festival, including spectators. Okay. Over 100 police officers were present to oversee it, as well as ambulance workers in case of emergency. Well, there was clearly a few. So, so I, I just, sorry, I just wasn't quite paying attention there. What, why do the hammers explode? Because they put this, like, sulfate and... So when uh, they hit the hammer, it explodes? Yeah. So it's like... Uh, is there any sort of competition of sorts? Well, I, is it just is it just sort of a visual spectacle? Is it, is I think it like it's a that, visual. I think it's like also that tomato a tomato one where they climb the statue. Yeah, that that type of thing. I just think they just do it to get the biggest bang possible. 
Okay. For no reason at all. But we've been to Mexico, Rob. They're a bit mad. They've, there's nothing better to do in San Juan de la Vega, obviously. Gosh. But then saying that, 6,000 people turn up to watch people smash hammers into themselves. Yeah. Anyway. That's incredibly thought, stupid. <laughs> that's what I thought as well. Is it as stupid as the Western Sydney Wanderers, though, this week? What have they done? Uh, they've been forced to edit and apologise for a singles night invitation because in the release published on the club's website and distributed on social media, the Wanderers highlighted their single event was a heterosexual event. Ah, oh, no gays allowed. Well. So they're anti-gays. They were aiming the night at heterosexuals, but yeah. the way they put it was, this is a heterosexual event only. Right. So Exclusively. basically. They Maybe they're just saying that if you're intending, if you're, if you're of the homosexual persuasion, feel free to come, but you, you may not find well, what you're after. Well, funnily enough, that was the footnote. It said, everyone is welcome. However, please note, this is a heterosexual event. Yeah. So they were just warning the gays yeah. and lesbians about, look, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest. The numbers are against you. <laughs> yes. And it's not really aimed at you, but uh, everyone is welcome. But they've taken off, uh, please note, this is a heterosexual event. They've now said, everyone is welcome. Okay. Fly your rainbow flag. Meet the partner of your dreams at the West. Inclusivity and diversity and inclusiveness. That's what it's all about. No, they're embraced. They've got to embrace the progressive. Embrace the but it's all about diversity, inclusivity. That's what it's all about. D&I. Um, the uh, PR department came out firing and said uh, they apologised because they didn't intend to exclude anyone. Honest. I uh, think it's just letting people know. Like, I think they, they were being upfront. They were saying, "Look, if you have, if you're a homosexual person and you're looking for like a raging night with hopefully some sexual exploits at the end of it, you'll have far better chance of achieving that at, at another event at Oxford Street. Yeah, but probably. please, if you want to come hang out, come watch a football. Try your luck. Try you might luck. be the needle in the haystack and find another needle. That's a great metaphor. Yeah, that's a fantastic metaphor. Uh, let's go to Charleston. The Charleston River Dogs, which are the New York Yankees single A affiliate in the South Atlantic League, uh, they've had to pull their O.J. Simpson trial night. Ah. Uh, because if the baseball club doesn't fit, you must acquit, or at least cancel your ill-conceived O.J. Simpson promotion. Uh, they pulled the O.J. trial night that was scheduled for May 26, because uh, after, after taking a step back and having further reflection on the overall message that was being conveyed, it was the responsible thing to do. Dave Eccles said, who's the team president? Uh, the minor league teams announced it promotion and received heavy backlash on the promotion it claimed would present a juicy spin on the murder trial that captivated the world 25 years ago. And then they try to go back. They try to, they came, they backtracked and they basically says the trial of the century gets a juicy new spin. We will finally receive the verdict that everyone has been waiting for. Pulp or no pulp? Gosh. They try to tweak it to an orange juice promotion <laughs> night. Fans will act as our jury, voting with custom pedals to reach verdicts on various topics throughout the night. The eyes of the nation will be upon us. Fans will receive an OJ trial shirt upon entering the stadium. If the shirt don't fit, you must... Dot, dot, dot. See if we've got a different size. Worth a try. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Barber says um, she was relieved the team decided to cancel the promotion. I'm glad the River Dogs are reconsidered and recognised that this promotion crossed the line from humour into insensitivity and disregard for both the victims, in this case, and thousands of South Carolinians who are victims of violence every year. So, so they've had to pull the night, basically. Well, that sounds disastrous. Hey, this is Toddy Goldsmith, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. Yeah, if you haven't heard that before, it's the new vegan sting. (laughs) 
I forgot about that. Did you? Yeah. Did you, did, were you wondering what it was for a minute? <laughs> Vegan news, Rob. Uh, a neighbourhood's residents have been left scratching their heads after an email sent by a local vegan asked them to shut their windows while cooking meat to stop offensive smells. Yeah. The anonymous email was shared on Twitter. In the letter, the vegan runner reveals to neighbours it's hard for them at the start of the year when the weather starts warming up and folks start opening their windows. Several nights a week, I'm out running around dinner time. When people have their windows open, I can smell what they're cooking. Hmm. That's, that's always it's the same one now every time. It can be. It's just someone complaining about barbecues and frying meat. But uh, to say it's an offensive smell, tell me that you, you don't, when you smell bacon, you don't get, even someone like you who doesn't eat bacon, by the way. Or, but or by the way, everyone, beefy, oh, you can't smell. No. I got no what idea. about that? Sorry about that. Has it not come back a little bit since you got no. the, nothing? No, nothing. Is it, is it past the waiting period? I'm, yeah, definitely. So is there any benefit of that operation now? Oh, I can breathe a little bit easier. That's it? Yeah. That's that's a bit of a bummer. Uh, apparently, we're snoring still. Uh, well, it's a bit less prevalent, but yeah, uh, yeah I'm still snoring. Uh, you know what's the Bill Brownless? He was on that in the jungle thing. Was he? Yeah, he, he didn't, didn't last too long. Apparently, oh, really? but he's a snorer. Right, and he says as soon as he puts on a bit of weight and he's oh, on yeah. the on the piss. Yep. If he has a few beers, put on a bit of weight, he just snores like crazy. Mm. And as soon as he went in the jungle, he's all worried about snoring, but he couldn't drink, and he lost like 8 kg or something, <laughs> and he stopped, he wasn't snoring. Ah. Straight away, and then as soon as he come back out, get back, back on the fist, yeah. puts the weight back on, and, start, and it's all over. I'm exactly the same as that, 100%. Right. So when I'm reasonably healthier and running a bit and keep my fitness up, I'm going to make a sound. Yeah. But as soon but, as I, if I'm on, on, on the hammer... Oh. Um, so the knee, knee patella tendonitis is... Uh, no, I'll be, I'm back in the swimming pool, okay. and I can do the boxing. Anyway, let's get back to vegan news. Back Trevor. to vegan news. Sorry, yeah, we people hang out for this people, section of the show every we sh- week. We shouldn't detract from the uh, excitement of the the vegan lifestyle and its its progressive ideas. It's a really quite mm. revolutionary. In fact, I did have a vegan chicken burger on Friday night by mistake. Vegan chicken burger. It's a chucken. They called it chucken. Oh, is it? with a U. Because uh, apparently I, th- I was reading, doing my research for Vegan News, obviously mm. this week, uh, there was a big, a bit of an incident in the UK this week right. with the KFC vegan chicken burger. Okay. Where they basically <laughs> served a woman a chicken burger instead of the vegan chicken burger. Okay. And she only realised after she'd eaten it. Uh... And the guy, she went back to the store and said, oh, I ordered the vegan one. And he went, oh, I'm really sorry. He goes, didn't you realise it was chicken at the first bite? And she said, no. She goes, he goes, well, that's good. <laughs> so he gave her a new vegan chicken burger. A fresh burger, and that's it. One. Yeah. I thought she was going to like have a meltdown. Oh, she did. She blamed religion. She yeah. blamed her she, new... She blamed religion? She, no, she said it was offensive to her religion. To Ve- eat chicken? Ve- veganism. Of being a vegan is offensive to her religion. Oh, sorry, veganism is the religion. I believe so. Okay, that's becoming a religion now. I think so. I think it is. You ask any vegan. Are they just looking for tax evasion, avoidance rather? I don't think there's anything. Problem? <laughs> no, I don't think. Do, so. do they still not? Do they still not get special tax subsidies? Vegans? No, just religion. <laughs> religions. Religions. Well, religions are meant to be tax free. Yeah, that's why uh, the old uh, what are they call Jeho- not Jehovah's. Who's the other crowd? Tom Cruise's mob. Scientology. Scientologists. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Why they they're allegedly a religion when it's, it's clearly thinking. not. Well, what define a religion? You can't really because it's everything's made up, Rob. Everything's no religious wise. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you didn't say that before. You just said I, everything's I, made up. Well, what is that? That's, up. That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. Anyway, do you want to hear this bloke's email? Yeah. Says, "What's up, neighborhood? One love." That's how he starts the email. Okay. What's up, neighborhood? One love. Yeah. As a vegan runner. 
It's always hard for me this time of year when the weather starts warming up and folks start opening their windows. Several nights a week, I'm out running around dinner time, and when people have their windows open, I can smell what they're cooking. I've noticed a sharp uptick recently in smells of folks cooking meat, and it can be quite overpowering. Quite honestly, the odor is offensive, and I'm hoping our community can have some empathy for its hashtag plant-based neighbors. That's honestly what he's put. Mm-hmm. Hashtag plant-based neighbours. Mm-hmm. By closing their window, windows if they're cooking meat and only putting vegetables on their barbecue. <sighs> I don't want to be a stereotype, so I won't go into detail on why the odour of cooking animals is offensive. But I encourage you to do your research and join the movement. Okay, well, thank you for your encouragement. Yeah. Um, How to win friends and influence people, that is, isn't it? Join the movement. It's not yeah. a movement. It is a movement. I've eaten vegan food. <laughs> Um, my, my vegan chicken burger was just, it was, it was okay. Look, I've told you I before. I don't mind it. Twice a week, uh, as a minnow, we have plant-based mints. Yeah. Burritos, spag ball. I don't mind mints. Yep. Um, but I don't tell everyone, oh, you got to buy this mints. It's bloody no. great for you. Yeah. And join the movement, Rob. Join I did the movement. feel like uh, I, I felt lighter after the vegan burger than I would have if I'd eaten a chicken burger. Right. That can often, it feels a lot heavier. Mm. There's no doubt. It, it was all right. I, I did it by mistake. A place called Barton Fink in Thornbury. Oh, you're such a hipster now. Well, now you've moved to... Well, uh, it's just down the road. I was just wandering up. I actually didn't notice it was vegan. I ordered a, what I thought was going to be a chicken burger, and then I just realized it was not going to be real. I said, ah... Oh. I'll just, I'll just try just it. Just eat it. I'll just try it. That's all right. You know what it t- reminded me of was when we were in, was it Cochin Airport in, in India? Yeah. And we stopped off and I ordered a chicken burger there. Oh, did you? At the airport. And it was very similar to this thing. It was wow. like it was like some sort of patty, like vaguely chicken tasting, spicy chicken curry patty type right. of thing. Very, very similar. I don't remember you eating chicken in coaching. Yeah, I sort of as I was as once I'd ordered I realised this probably wasn't a good idea. Well, and I was kinda like uh, and then I started eating, it's like this isn't chicken. This is some sort of substitute. <laughs> It's like the powdered egg in in the states. Oh man, it's, it's funny watching uh, the clips back. Right, and th- there's no doubt that last month in the states did some serious chub damage. <laughs> that that breakfast, I'm sure the amount of sugar in it oh. is the most horrendous start to the day. Or that maple syrup in those waffles. I remember the first time we had that breakfast in New York in Syracuse. The first time we had the American breakfast, right? And I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And then after that, by about the third time, I was like, oh, this is getting a bit rank already. You yeah. can never get enough waffles, though. Waffles are good. Waffles, waffles come back around. Mm. So that's uh, that's vegan news. Some of uh, the responses is, that's a carnivore barbecue chef. It's always hard for me at this time of year when the weather starts warming up and vegan runners start running by my windows. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to be a stereotype, sir. We regret to inform you that ship has sailed. Uh, Vegetarian here? This guy sucks. Another woman pointed out that when she was pregnant, the smell of coffee made her violently ill. But I still managed not to tell people they couldn't drink it or even brew it. So, quite good. The smell of coffee? Gosh. Yeah. Um, Um, Here's a new story for you, though. Not quite vegan news, or it could be. Mm. Ohio man starts beer-only Lent fast aiming for a world record so um del hall basically for lent all he's going to do is drink beer he's not going to eat anything all he's going to do is drink beer now he did this last year guinness uh i'm not too sure i'll uh, have a quick read if i was going to do that i'd definitely go guinness like those irish lads yeah. that did that so he did it last year he did 46 days lent fasting and he lost 44 pounds 
Wow. So he aims to do 50 days this time, and uh, apparently he's going for the all-time world record of not eating but drinking, uh, but he's not too sure if the Guinness people will uh, validate it. Ah, okay. Wow. Yeah. So that, because that's did you tell me the story? Someone told me a story about some Irish uh, back, backpackers that were on a, a bicycle journey. Oh, okay. And they were on a strict, strict budget. Right. And they realised very quickly that if they wanted to have their eight Guinnesses a night, eight, yeah, then <laughs> they weren't going to be able to afford to eat. So they had to make a decision that for the entire four week bike riding trip, yeah. what to do, and they just drunk. Eight Guinnesses a, every, night. a day while they rode their push bikes down the highway on this mission. Okay. And apparently they got checked out by the doctor afterward and they were in perfect health. Nice. There's <laughs> a lot of iron in Guinness. It's good. Uh, so Del says uh, he's got a tip. If you're really going to be successful, you can't cheat. Not even a quasi cheat. Really stick to your guns. For example, if you're giving up chocolate, that means all chocolate. Mm. Not just dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. You need to pick something, cut and dry, something with no grey area. You need to set hard and fast rules, Rob. Mm-hmm. So uh, 50 days just drinking well, beer. That, I mean, you have to have a determined frame of mind to be able to get there. You don't lose 44 pounds and, 40, and, no, and just drink beer right. the entire time should, without being this. focused. This is the problem, you see. I've thought about this at times when um, I think maybe if I'm drinking a bit too much, I think, well, if I just didn't eat so much, eat as at well, all. or just, yeah, near enough nothing. I d- it doesn't then, actually... then it's sustainable in terms of not putting on weight or even losing weight. Yeah. However, and invariably, heavy drinking for me is intertwined ultimately at some point with a ginormous bacon egg roll in the morning or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that does you. And that's the cycle. Uh, it doesn't actually say what type of beer he's drinking, but it looks like it's a little bit of a diet, probably a Bock-style beer. A but, Bock. But he looks like a bit of a hipster, so it could be an IPA. Uh, it's definitely not... Guinness. Yeah. It, although he wants to get in the Guinness Book of Records, so it would be more beneficial for him to yeah. drink Guinness. Mm. Anyway. I tell you what, but you did write about the Thornbury hipster thing. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Is it's it? almost like spot the non hipster. Ah. It? It's difficult. How do they all have those haircuts? I don't know. And they've all got a chick shirt or. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, beard. I occasionally wear a chick shirt. It's, it's always the, the beard and that shave side the of Michael it. Michael Clark style sleeve tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's a terrible look. It is a terrible look. Some but sort of piercing. Yeah. Uh, police officers in Spain responded to numerous reports of a lion on the loose in town and discovered the animal was actually a dog with an unusual haircut. Oh, it was one of those um, Chinese... Looks uh, like a chow-chow, yeah. yeah. It does look like that. Uh, the local police of Molina de Segura said they received numerous reports on Sunday of a loose lion strolling through the municipality. Mm. Officers tracked down the animal, discovered it was actually a large dog with its long hair trimmed to resemble the body, mane and tail of an African lion. Police said the dog was microchipped and they contacted its owner for a reunion with the escaped pet. But it sent the uh, people of uh, Molina de Segura into mm. a frenzy. So who was the person who eventually physically manhandled the uh, non-lion? Probably a, and in fact, probably dog. a policeman that went up to him and realised it was a dog. Okay. Friendly dog with a blue tongue. Because yeah. Chay uh, have blue tongues. If you like a blue tongue lizard. Like a blue tongue lizard. You're right there, Rob. You're I right. didn't know that. Didn't you? No. Chay Chay, so you've got blue well, tongues. I've never met one of those dogs before. Haven't you? No, I don't want to go to China. They're pretty friendly. You get coronavirus. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, they're still doing the Olympics, though. 
Yes, yes they are. But uh, it's quite funny, Beefy. Today was the first day on I'm the glad radio. You're going to bring some humour into it. Today was the first day on the radio that I heard some clips of. This isn't that funny, actually. Oh yeah, it's not funny at all. Oh. There's some audio grabs of people like Gil McLaughlin saying that perhaps it's not the best time for us to be doing group activity yeah. type of things. Well, he he came on TV today saying it, we're going to play in front of empty stadiums if we're going to be safe. So that's going to kind of hit the clubs in the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, talking about uh, coronavirus and football managers, you're Do here they about- have insurance? I don't know, actually, whether you can... Because is, is coronavirus act of God? Well, this, I, nothing's an act of God. Well, it is, according to the insurance companies. But, but, but this, is, this is the craziness. This, is the, this is the part of the insurance things that I can't stand. Yeah, me too. I'd rather they say Mother Nature than act of God. I think you should put that forward and say, let's get rid of the act of God clause and make it Mother Nature. I like it. Uh, anyway, do you want to hear Jurgen Klopp? He's uh, response to being asked about coronavirus. Yep. Asking on a wider question about the coronavirus. Are you worried as a team, as a club, about the spread of it or how it might affect you? Look, what I don't like in life is that um, a very serious thing, a football manager's opinion is important. I don't understand that. I really don't understand it. It, it, it can, could ask you. You are exactly the same role than I am. So, and it's not important what famous people, what famous people say. No, you have to, we have to speak about the things in the right manner. Not people with no knowledge, like me, talking about something. People with knowledge that talk about it and should tell the people, do this, do that, do this, and everything will be fine or not. So, and not football managers. I don't understand that. Politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shape. I live on this planet and I want the planet to be safe, healthy. I wish everybody the best. Absolutely. But my opinion about Corona is not important. If somebody tells me we play football, we play football because I think smarter people said we can play football. I will not make the decision. That's the, like that's the, that's the best answer I've ever heard. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, why the hell would some... Yeah. Why would you ask a football manager what he thinks about coronavirus? Yeah, well, well, it's ridiculous. It's like asking a scientist, should Liverpool play 4-3-3 or 3-5-2? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to tell you about coronavirus. Yeah. Don't ask me about Liverpool's formation. Brilliant, love that. Absolutely great. And very responsible answer. He didn't want to be spreading misinformation. I like that, Rob. That's a, that's a great response. Because uh, better... I'm responsible. <laughs> We're going to do this quickly because we have to get to a friend of the show. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear of mine. Because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless Now, this is a band called Booze and Glory. They're actually up my street. Uh, kind of, uh, it's a bit of uh, London punk rock oi, oi music, as well, we like to call it. Just yelling, Chumbawamba. No. It's pretty close. Chumbawamba. It's just group, big group, rah, 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 yelling, rah, 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 A little bit like that. Rah, 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 um, the video, they're all dressed in West Ham kits. West Ham are down the bottom of the league. But, yeah, the song is even called Three Points, because you get three points for win, obviously. Yep. Uh, but I'm just going to play it. We have three points again!
piano in there. That's the West Ham song, by the way, that I'm forever blowing bubbles. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We have three points again. Another happy day. Can you see those bubbles flying in the sky? We have three points again. Another happy day. West Ham United. Did I die? We have three points again. But you get the idea, Rob? Yeah. West Ham United till I die it's called this is what a bunch of meatheads sound like <laughs> and it kicks in and people you, you can't see what I can see but <laughs> the beef man he just I can just hear that immediately as I beef he's gone he loves this straight Otherwise. away you, you just you straight away you're into it oh yeah, it's up, a, yeah it's... I hear that and go that is any moron could do that come up with that <laughs> do you know what I was thinking when I heard that that first time remember that kansas city Chiefs song we had the other week where they oh. they literally just wrote down every cliche they could with a few yeah, names yeah, yeah i yeah. thought oh yeah this is they've just written down a lot of football cliches <laughs> western United like, three points uh, there's a song yeah there it is <laughs> um well i mean look it's done what it's intended to do but make worst song in the world it's crap do you, Me- know, do, meathead. Do you want another funniest thing as well what that's two days old. That's no, brand kidding. new. Did you call it oi music? Yeah, oi music. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's that's generally exactly oi music. What it is. Yeah, it's a oh, it's a few progressions on from oi, but um, right. which was oi was a bit of a London punk scene. Type okay, Cockney Rebel. No, Cockney Rejects were an oi band mm-hmm. and those types. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it is what it is. As soon as it I is what it is. Saw it, it's just meat. Football, heard it today, and football, I thought meathead stuff. Just the gold comes to us now, Rob. It just. <laughs> As soon as I see these things, it's like, yes! Winner-ending songs. Booze and glory, songs they're called. joy. From West Ham United. Oh. Very, very good. It's our 150th show, Rob, and mm. friend of the show who's appeared on quite a few. He is kind of, uh, he's doing in the comedy festival in Adelaide. Yep. Boring them to death over there. <laughs> but uh, we, I think we've got him on the phone now, all the way from Adelaide. Mr. Gavin Ingham, are you there? Mate, I told you before, I'm not. I, look, what, I don't wait till this goes live. I'll, I'll do a different tune once we go live. But I'm telling you now, I'm not coming on the show this week. I'm in Adelaide, trying to turning Adelaide into Adelol, and we're having pie floaters and 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 looking at the, the the serial killers here, bodies in the barrel, and we're having a great time. And um, I'm not coming on the show this week. All right. Okay. Well, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going over there, Ed? Are you uh, are you adololing them? Oh, are we on. We're, we're on, Gav. I think I think everyone knows the joke's over on that one. I think. Uh, I think... Oh, Roberto, <laughs> it's good to hear your somber, grumpy tones. Oh, Jesus! I, Christ. I tell you what, I'm here with um, a friend of the show as well. He came on once with me, Barath. I'm here, we're doing a comedy show here at the moment, and um, he he's ju- he's just around the corner, and I just absolutely had a gut full of him. He's dragged yeah. me around. To all the cricketing things oh. around Adelaide. Oh, great. Oh, he's here. He's here. Hey, hey. Uh, Biffy. Hey, Barat. Have you put your finger up over in Adelaide yet? Yeah, 
Hips. The fingers going up. You got a photo at the statue. You know the statue everyone's doing doing those videos where you pretend you're playing air cricket and the camera pans around. It goes to the statue that's got its finger in the air. Ah. Uh. Appeal. The, the LBW appeal. appeal. The LBW appeal. Ah, very nice. Uh, we did hear, we did find out something with Barath as a, as an umpire. If he if he thinks it's too hot during a match, he told me this the other day. He when there's three left, three left. If one team's up by five hundred runs, he just starts giving out LBWs before the bowl is even bowled. Oh. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm not uh, not sure that's uh, the gentleman's way. No, frankly, I mean, this 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 is a show of upstanding moral fibre, and um, we don't have time for such uh, disgraceful ways and means of ruining the game in cricket. Well, I mean, Australian gosh, umpires we... get a bad rap anyway, yeah. let alone uh, they've been cheating for years. <laughs> what number show is this? What's the big celebration? This well, is... 150. 150 bats in the air all round. Oh, big 150. Yeah, Woo! three half centuries. Great mass. There, well done, Gav. Gav. Yeah, you just. Did that off off the cuff? Would you make that up, or did you this just came to you? Oh, I'm a mathematician from way back. Yeah, long division. Yeah. <laughs> did you take your helmet off for the hundred and fifty? Uh, I'm no Michael Slater or Davy Warner. I didn't jump around on one leg and you know punch the sky. I'm a bit more reserved than that. Uh, how how did you celebrate the hundred and fiftieth? Well, I gave Rob a book. Gave <laughs> me a book about New Zealand sport. Rob got me nothing. It's great. In terms of content or presence. (laughs) Seriously, congratulations, gentlemen. It's been it's been a long slog. 150 years. Um, are you feeling proud? 150 years. Well, I mean, I I think when I came on, what was your highlight of me? Um, oh. The, the low light was when you beat me at uh, Sporting Balderdash the first time. Yeah, that was uh, That's definitely a low light, low light for me. No, beat me. I thought you said when he left the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's close enough. Um, each of you, seriously, what's a highlight of 150 shows? I, I, I think when we were playing Balderdash and I pulled out racist <laughs> followed... <laughs> Followed by uh, by lesbian, they were lesbian. to, and then finally uh, Martha Farquhar, the three of the great sporting names in history. None um, of which exist. Uh, no, none of which exist. But I think that's uh, in terms of. Uh, I th- think we all kind of lost it, the laughter wise of that. Yeah. So I, I I frequently listen to that. Lucky Lucky Beef, you can edit the podcast because that was a five hour episode, four hours of laughing from that one epi- that one incident. Can edit it down to one and beefy what's your what's your highlight so many to choose from um the the horse racing highlights was uh pretty good the first time round, mm. but i think the discovery of kareem benzema that's uh, benzema. <laughs> yeah that always gets me going conversations with toddy goldsmith it's gotta be a remix Sachin Tendulkar. oh there you go mm, um Sachin, yeah. but obviously friend of the show toddy goldsmith who i try to get on tonight but she's in la uh she's always keen to come back because uh, she's I'm, a big I'm fan of rob her. yeah i've never trusted her how did you get to adelaide gather did you fly? Did you do the drive? We did the drive. Okay. Up to the Waffle House. Um, we went through Keith. Um, he yeah. loved it. Yeah, Keith's yeah, you, great you spot. The strawberries and the bananas as well before quarantine. Yeah, I freaked oh, out. We good. got to the we got to sort of the border, and I we had fifteen packets of strawberries, yeah. no needles in them, and uh, fifty two pounds of bananas, and yeah. I scoffed them all um, at the border because I, I didn't know how serious it was the first time in Adelaide, and I've just had the runs ever since. Ah, <laughs> oh, disaster. <laughs> Very, very poor effort. Uh, so you've you've basically taken some dietary advice from Peter Siddle. Taken some what? Dietary advice from Peter Siddle, banana man himself. Did he have 20 or something? Or does he have 20 every 50, day? Between 15 and 20 a day, yeah. 
20 bananas a day. Yep. Potassium overload. Well, you could... doctor away. Apparently so. How's our coronavirus over the Adelaide way? Coronas are flying freely. Well, I think I think you're about to use the F word there, and then you pulled out. Was that yeah. what happened? We did. We did have an Uber driver uh, who had massive broken English, and he kept joking about coronavirus as he was running over gutters and uh, sideswiping cars. And Barath gave him minus five stars. See, I assumed that from the moment you turn up at the airport, they would have said that guy's definitely got coronavirus, and that's why you had to drive. Is that? It's gingivitis. Oh god, still going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's rehashing his routine on. <laughs> On the, on the radio, alive to air. <laughs> you can't even come up with something fresh. You're just using pre-scheduled jokes from your actual act. Is that what you're doing? What is the deal with airline food? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Dear, oh dear. So, off to the Barossa tomorrow? Up to the where? Barossa. The Barossa. Yeah, the wine. No, we're driving back. We're driving back. Got, it does have wine. Some yes. money at work. Um, you just given us a preview of your show about what's the deal with airline food, and you're bringing this show to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival as well, Gav. Absolutely, Barath and I are on um, Thursday, ninth of April. No, no, April the ninth. That's no, the ninth of April. <laughs> Check it out, man. It's April the ninth. Check it on the calendar. It's the ninth of April. Is that the Thursday? Yeah. It's a long weekend. Yeah, that's right. So it's Maundy Thursday, uh, oh. 9th of April, April the 9th. Right. 9th of April, April the 9th, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, we yeah. got it. One or the other. Yeah. Go yeah. both yeah. days. It's a duo show, dual show. Yeah. We haven't booked it in yet, and there's been no ticket sales, but, you yeah. know, hopefully... Um, the intent get, is there. With our artist pass, we get discounted at the bar, so, you know, oh, swings right. and roundabouts. That, that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. So you could just have an empty room with nobody there and just you drinking discounted beers. That would be quite an entertainment in itself. Mm. Yeah. We, we, nah. could, we could shoot an episode there as well because oh. we can have we can bring one more guest with us with the past mm-hmm. yeah well, well we'll put the laughter in the audience visually in, in post yeah well yeah. I know I've seen Gavin well the time he hits his fourth pint and he turns into a shriveled little pink leprechaun <laughs> that's where I do my best work yeah well very good well boys enjoy Adelaide thanks for taking a bit of time out from drinking to no uh, no the sun's gone down it's all closed down <laughs> What, Adelaide? Yeah, it's shutting down yeah. for the night. It's Tuesday We're night. Just walking the streets. It's Tuesday the night. Checking us out. Tuesday in Adelaide. What's going to be happening on Tuesday in Adelaide? Uh, not much. But it's not, yeah. it's not even Tuesday here. It's 1970. <laughs> <laughs> Look, in all seriousness, uh, I hope this uh, 150 is just another single to long on and uh, you're going to break Lara's record shortly. Jeez. 501. I'll tell you oh, what, if gosh. we're doing, well, even if we're doing 400, uh, we'd uh, be worried. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> let alone getting yeah. to uh, four, 501 shows. Imagine that, Rob. Uh, 501 yes. shows. Uh, that would be 10 I've years. Uh, I believe in you. Thanks, well, thanks thank Gav. You. We believe in you too, Gav, and we believe you, the, the crowds will be stunned and shocked and maybe even offended <laughs> by your performance. Um, hopefully offended. I think if you just stood there and said nothing, they'd still be offended. I'm ginger, of course. <laughs> Did you get any uh, tossing the caber jokes out? Uh, just other. They already thought I was a tosser, so I had to kind of win them back from the get-go. Especially the airline food stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, we'll leave you to it. Thank you for that, and we'll uh, we'll we'll have to get you back next week or whenever you want to come in and uh, promote yep. your shows and uh, yeah, test out that v- vintage material of yours again from the bottom of our our farts. We congratulate <laughs> you on 150 superlative 100. shows. Thank you, Gavin. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, keep it up.
Enjoy Adelaide on a Tuesday, and we'll see you back here next week. Yeah, no worries. Rob, you still owe me money for those beers from six months ago. <laughs> I think that's right, probably uh, a lie. Anyway, we did uh, mention earlier that uh, we were going to touch base with a friend of the show, all the way from Perth, and uh, formerly ranked number 14 in the world by the uh, IBF, mm-hmm. Mr. Jamie Weech, former coach of Rob Bryers. <laughs> so, <laughs> too little too late there. Yeah. So, Jamie, how the devil are you, sir? I'm good, lads. How are you going? Yeah, good, good, good. I just, just saw a picture of you on Instagram just only 50 minutes ago. It was posted. You, you, you training? I'm training like a dog the last yeah. two days. Mm-hmm. I got the, the bug back, I must say. My elbow is feeling it's feeling pretty good, I must say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just can't wait to punch someone in the face now. <laughs> Well, like all good boxers should. And uh, well, that's what happens when you have a child, I've heard. You have so much love, you just want to punch people in the face. Is that how it works? Um, it, that's, no. She's driving me to punch people in the face. She is, I never heard anything cry so much in my life. It's unbelievable. Like, And it's torture. We have to do confirm that uh, since, since we last talked to Jamie, since he had his big uh, world title eliminator fight, Jamie has had a child. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure he hasn't stolen one or borrowed one, <laughs> it is his. So congratulations, by the way. We have mentioned that before, but from us, uh, myself and Rob and everyone at 365 Days of Sport, we do pass on our congratulations to you. Thank you very much. She's four months old now, and uh, she's a little champ. I'll give her that. Yeah, look, I, th- I think I think you're not alone on the crying front. A friend of mine has had, uh, oh, I think his little boy, at about three to four weeks old, was crying that much, and that he already, after four weeks, did in frustration exclaim his uh, a, a shut the f up <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's about right. I've never worked so much in my life, right? I get up, 6am, I go to work. I won't hang around. I could hear the kid crying. I was like, I'm going to work. I come home, 6pm, kid's crying. I'm like, oh my God, you're kidding me. I've been out the house 12 hours and I'm still listening to this kid crying. I, I crack a beer open out the back, sit down, shut my eyes. I hear the back door go and I'm like, I'm not opening my eyes. I'm just relaxing, yeah. I wonder who it is. And all I hear is, Oh, my God, take her in the house when you like. She's crying a lot less now, so uh, I give her that. She is a little champ, but I wouldn't change her for the world. No, of course not. Now, obviously, you had a bit of an injury as well after the last fight, so you've had surgery on that, and now you're back in uh, kind of training hard. Is there a fight on the horizon? Um, I... Put the feelers out there. I've got in touch with a few promoters and a few uh, matchmakers, so I'm looking to get out maybe in end of April, early May, and again in June if I can. Or um, I'm trying to get on a show in June in Wales. I'm back mm-hmm. there end of June, start of July for my sister's wedding. Right. As long as this coronavirus don't stop me. <laughs> yeah, right. Indeed. So, <laughs> obviously, since you fought Dennis Hogan, uh, he's gone on to have two world title fights. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I thought he got robbed in Mexico. He absolutely won that fight. And then, obviously, he got a bit outclassed last time round and got a bit tired. But uh, just shows the level you could be at because, obviously, you took Hogan 12 rounds yourself. Yeah, definitely. He did extremely well. 
in that Mongoya fight, like, you know, for the world title. He did exactly the same to Mongoya what he did to me, you know? So it was just, to see that happen, it, like, the penny dropped in my head, like, and the self-belief come back then, like, you know, and I was just like, I'm well able for these blokes, like. Mm-hmm. The, the fire's burning, it's always been burning in me, like, you know, I'm, I'm always ready to fight, just getting the opportunities, and then with the injury... Before the Hogan fight, the elbow was always been playing up, like, you know, that's my second surgery now, like, you know, so I just can't wait to get back in the ring now. Mm. Now it's, it's not 100%, but with a bit of rehab now and some work, it will be, yeah, I just can't wait to, like I said earlier, punch someone in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and how's your, how's your uh, floating going, your um, sense deprivation therapy? I haven't done it for a while, right? I'll tell you a funny story, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I do gardening, just... Uh, pay the bills and then I box and uh, get some aggression out I guess yeah so with the gardening I keep cutting myself right mm-hmm. and there's a thousand litres of Epsom salts in this bath right in this oh. float tank <laughs> and I've forgotten about it and I've gone in there and I am on fire <laughs> It, was, it wasn't an enjoyment for an hour. It was pain for an hour because I was too stubborn to get not to get out. Like. Uh, so no wonder you haven't been back. Yeah, I haven't been back. So oh, cut myself. Wasn't quite the soothing uh, idea that it, uh, it's supposed to be. Then you might say, uh, if, if, if you shave or have a cut, don't go there. <laughs> don't do it. And uh, obviously, uh, the boys from Western Australia train out of Lacey's gym over there. They're over in Qatar right now trying to qualify for the Olympics. Oh, um, they're doing great. They they both fought well, you know. Like, uh, Kira knocked his first bloke out. He did, stopped him. And then went on to the semi-finals, I think it was. And just got nipped at the post there. Like, you know, it was just experience the other bloke had. He had a, a few years on him as well, like, you know. So he was number one to win it, mm. to get through to the Olympics, this mm. bloke was. And... He did really well, Kiva did. And then Charlie pulled it a bit short, but he did awesome. Like, they're both boys are freaks. They can both fight. It's just a big learning curve for them now. And they know they're well able to go with the best out there now. So this will be nothing but feel for them, like, you know. So it seems to be a bit of uh, a bit of talent coming out of Lacey's gym, well, including yourself as a senior fighter nowadays. Senior, I'm more on the pensioner side now, I think. <laughs> I'm 31. <laughs> It, no, it's full of young, uh, young up and comers. Is great, like you know. Even uh, my brother, he's, he's getting back into it now, and he, he's a bit of a beast. I give him that. I won't tell him that, but he is. Yeah. Too late now. <laughs> you give me a touch up, he's all now. <laughs> he's a little bit bigger than you, though, isn't he? He's ten years younger as well, so uh, you just you just haven't got the power I have, you know. I got to tell you the story about because uh, uh, when I when I went up to see you fight Hogan, I was on the table with uh, with your dad. <laughs> If anyone could talk for Wales, that's your old man. He never <laughs> shut up. Every time. It's just constant. Unbelievable. I'm surprised he got any air in. <laughs> oh, he don't stop, man. You give him a pint as well, it's the end of it. He'll tell you story after story after story. Oh. Fun, like, don't get me, it's good fun, but yeah. oh, you just need a controller, like, you know, to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very good value, your old man. That night, he was he was gutted for you. He was uh, he he took every punch as well while, while you were in the ring. Well, I didn't feel like it. I felt like I had them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very true, very true. So, um, obviously, coronavirus aside, uh, what is the uh, timetable for you? You gonna have some fights in Australia before you go back to Wales? Yeah, that's the plan. It'd be nice to get one out, or maybe two if I can at a push. You know, I'm just I just want to get active again now, like. And, 
Sometimes I'm active, the sky's the limit, you know. It's just trying to get active. There's not enough shows in WA anyway, like, you know. And it was a show last week, which I was in my stable mate's corner, where's Kappa, and, like, I couldn't even get on that show because it was full, you know. Right. And fair dues, it was a good show, and there's some cracking fights on it. I'll give him that. Fair play. It was a couple of upsets, and it was good. Got to let you know, Rob's back in training. He's had, oh. uh, he's had a year off as well. Uh, Rob's back in training this week, he tells me. <laughs> Yeah, boy. <laughs> no, not proper training. I'm, I'm throwing a few slogging away to back a little bit. We've we got to keep working at him, Jamie, to just get him to <laughs> a- avenge this defeat that he I had. A broken knee. I'm bloody hopeless. Check not the happening. Bandage on the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the one wheelchair sport there isn't is wheelchair boxing. I think we should start yeah, that. You can okay. sit down and club people. What about penny farthing boxing for you? Mate? <laughs> you <know about> that? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, Jay, was it would be your first time back to Wales since you since you left? No, I've been back my last year. The year before I got married, and then I was back again. The year before that, I've, I've been back a few times for weddings mainly. Uh, yeah, just best man at two weddings, so right, right. that was an ex- expensive trip. But both trips was awesome. My and wedding it... was a very expensive trip, you know. But <laughs> yeah, what a weekend! What a weekend! But I'm looking forward to this one, my sister's wedding now, and it'd be nice to get a fight in the week before if I could, because it'd just be brilliant. Mm. And it... Wedding photos of black eyes. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this back in Kumkan? That is Kumkan, yeah. I can just imagine what weddings are like up there when there's free piss. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be class. <laughs> I, if I don't fight the week before, I know I'll be fighting the wedding. Or getting beat Very, very true. Well, we got you on because this is our 150th show and you're a, you're a very good friend of the show. We love uh, hearing what you're up to and when you're in fight mode. And uh, in the lead up to the Hogan fight, you took us through your training and what you're thinking and where your progression was. It was, uh, it was a great insight for us. It was uh, fantastic. And obviously, that little bit of time you spent with Rob, he just keeps telling people about it. <laughs> good. You just need to get back in the ring now. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I turned 40 this year, mate. So stop, stop whinging about your 31 stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just a number, they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell it to my knee. Yeah. (laughs) Well... Like I said, congratulations for uh, for the new family and uh, send our best regards to Mary. And uh, like I said, we wish you all the best getting back in the ring and enjoy Wales. And hopefully, you never know, there may be a Welsh title there just sitting for you if you can uh, squeeze that oh, in. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. I've always wanted to be the Welsh champion. I, I was an amateur Welsh champion. I wanted to be a professional Welsh champion, you know. But I feel like I've stepped over the boundary for the Welsh title now. But you never know. If it's there for the taking, I'll definitely go for it. Definitely. Why not? Well, mate, all the <laughs> best and uh, no doubt we will talk to you very soon as soon as that fight's announced uh we will get back in touch and then uh, we'll keep tabs on what you do and then when me and rob are over in perth we'll come and see you awesome boys legends thank you for the call no Pleasure, mate. problem at all thank you all the best mate thanks for that look after me now bloody hopeless can't even play tennis well, you never could. You, you, you know haven't what? seen me play tennis. No, no, that's true. I actually would have loved to have taken that tennis tournament ch- challenge on. I was just thinking about that the other day. Yeah. I actually started looking up the guy's name to bring him out to play you, and I thought, ah, <laughs> oh, I, I honestly think we should Oh, that guy, it. I'd waste him. I'd absolutely destroy him. He's a professional. In fact, I would play him with a broken knee. Oh, okay, then we'll do that yeah. then. What's this tennis challenge then? Oh, just, just, just some sort of tournament I can enter. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, knockout tournament. See how I go. See if I can win a game. We were going to bring that uh, the guy from Ukraine out. Right. The guy that entered the tournament um, and was horrendously bad. And we were going to see <laughs> I if remember. We could, yeah. I remember. We were going to see if he could if, get a point off you. 
<laughs> I'll probably double fold at some That's point. That's like swimming against that um, Eric the Eel. Yeah. Basically. Wasn't uh, it? Yeah. That one, the one that wasn't supposed to be at the Olympics, but had a go. But, yeah. Somehow made trained, his way in. Trained in a hotel pool. <laughs> Where was he from again? He was from um, Equatorial Guinea, I think mm. he might have been from. Anyway, but I'm, I, I, the swimming challenge is, an, is, is a possibility too. Trouble is, because swimming's so popular in Australia, you probably come up against Olympians. Yeah. You know, oh, look, swim no, 20 Ks of fun every morning. No, I was thinking just like there's some Ballarat r- Lake challenge. You swim like a thousand, uh, one kilometre race. Oh, yeah. open water challenge. See, to surf like lake. deal. Lake Eildon Classic. Something like that. Yeah. Well, this has been a rather uneventful 150th show, really. We've squeezed a couple of uh, friends of the shows in, in the end. But uh, uh, what's coming up for you this week, this week? weekend? Uh, I'm in Coffs Harbour. Oh, what's Coffs Harbour, there's a touch football tournament on, some massive big touch football tournament. The Australian titles? or uh, It's, it's uh, yeah, that's what it is. Nice. Um, but there's like 5,000 participants. Sheesh. It's touch a football's massive, huge. Huge, New South Wales tournament. Yeah, yeah. Really big. So I'll be up there from uh, Thursday. Day till Sunday. Cosabas nice as well. Make yeah, sure you check I've out. Only dri- I've driven through it. Are you going to do the big banana? I don't know about that. The only story I had of Coffs Harbour, so when I, in the late 80s, my brother and sister went to stay with my auntie Rhonda and cousin Scott, and they did a road trip up the east coast of Australia, and when they drove through Coffs Harbour, cousin, my cousin Scott, who's an idiot, <coughs> just, he just started, because in Coffs Harbour, started coughing in the car, like uh, coughing. Coffs uh, Harbour, yeah, right. Yeah, but trying to do a gag about coughing all the time. Yeah. But it backfired because so, so vigorously coronavirus. so vigorously did he get stuck into his coughing <laughs> that he made himself vomit. Oh, and, nice. And he vomited on himself. So that that joke didn't really work out no. in the end. Or or, or it's, he was so prepared to sell it that he <laughs> that he just went he over was the going, top. He was going to any lengths. There was no no, no endless horizon mm. on that coughing gag. Now I don't know if this is still the case. But uh, Russell Crowe bought a pub in Coffs Harbour called the okay. Shamrock Hotel. The only reason he bought the pub, because obviously he's got the mansion. So 30 off foot of Grant. Could probably. actually play somewhere live <laughs> on a Saturday night. That is the uh, genuine... You know, I've never actually gone to try and find that album to listen to it. In fact, I might try and, I might do that on the way home. Okay. Yeah, a bit of, bit of T, what, TFOTG, is that what they're called? Uh, yeah, T-O, T-O. Tofog. But you remember... <laughs> <laughs> you remember he after thirty odd foot of grunt split up. They had a new band, and right. I, I, the overwhelming fear of God. It was the same initial, so he didn't have to change anything. <laughs> I think they were, I'm not sure whether it was called the and uh, the overwhelming fear of God, but it was something along those lines. Oh, so they didn't make it old thirty odd foot of grunt. How could he come up with that name? <laughs> I don't know. That's a, it's a good theory about it's what. A, it's the worst name in history. Yeah. But I do remember after that came out, Russ was on TV going, you know, I mean, this we've got a lot, of, a lot of work in this record. This is a great record. It's only getting played on five, Australia, five stations across the whole of Australia. That's five too many. <laughs> I remember he played gigs at the Corner Hotel here in Melbourne, mm. and they didn't sell out. Even though it was Russell Crowe. Yeah, right. See, if Russell Crowe just went up to do a speaking tour, it would probably fill the um, yeah, Hammer Hall. Exactly. But if he was going to play in a band, <laughs> no, nobody's going. Not. The actor transition. The thing is, he was a musician before he became an actor. Oh, really? Well, he, he was a bit of a singer, played a bit of guitar, I think, and but then became an actor. But, but once you've made that transition to actor, yeah. they don't like you going back the other way. No, right. People don't want to know about it. I think I told you about Billy Bob Thornton's effort. But he, J- Johnny Depp kind of gets away with it a little bit. Okay. 
Okay. Um, and he was one. He, he thought he always considered himself a musician that did a bit of acting on the side, but then he really just became an actor, yeah. sort of thing. This should be your top ten for next week, Rob, because this is something you actually like to do research on. Yeah. Let's do that now. What's the th- what's the uh, the attitude to Kiwis and Russell Crowe? Because obviously, at some stage, he claimed he was a Kiwi. Now he's an Australian. Now yeah. he's um, who's they, claiming? They him? they do like to claim him. Do they? Yeah. Well, he he went to Mount Albert Grammar High School. I can't remember his bought. He's born here or there, though. I'm not sure. That's no, I can't remember. Well, of course, he is obviously cousin to Martin and Jeffrey Crow. Uh, he was born in Wellington, New Zealand. Yeah, I remember you didn't you didn't make that connection. I told you that in the show one time that he's Martin Crow's cousin and Jeff Crow's cousin. Yes, I yeah. didn't. You're blown you, away. Yeah, yeah, because they've got the same surname. <laughs> didn't even realise. You don't twig like that, do you? Unbelievably. So next week, you've actually got stuff to do now. Uh, or what do you want me to do? <laughs> Musicians that became actors that tried to become musicians again, or something along those lines. Yeah, just or just, just just actors that tried to become musicians and it doesn't work. Doesn't work out. You can, just sort of top people ten. People don't know because they don't want to see people that spend their life pretending to do things, then trying to be real all of a sudden. Right. People don't want to know about it. Okay, just go. You're, you're acting. <laughs> you're an actor. All right. Well, amazingly, we've got through the 150th show again. Well, well done. From well, week well, what to are week. you doing this weekend? Uh, it's the Formula One. That's why we had Daniel Ricciardo introducing the show. What I've taken to doing now on a Saturday is going to f- going to sporting events. Yeah. Anything. I went to the wood chopping. That yeah. was uh, Saturday. Yeah. Was... That's unlike you to go and do something like that. Yeah. It's a new thing, Rob. Yeah. What am I throwing? Oh, no, no. Too many hipsters. Too many hipsters. Yeah. Yeah. I'm past that. I need a new challenge. Penny Farthings was the new challenge. Look, past with, that. Yeah. <laughs> failed that. Anyway, this has been another, yet another, yes, it's the 150th show of 365 Days of Sport. Incredibly, we've got this far, but we will be back next week. I've just taken Rob's line. Taking my line. He's anyway. One for this show, now it's screwed. Yeah. Anyway, I'll do it again, because I can edit it, because that's what we do. Podcast of 8 check out our Facebook page, 365 Days of Sport. This has been the greatest sports radio show on the planet, 365 Days of Sport. We'll see you next week.